1: January 12th, 2018 is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And this week's show is brought to you by Bright Peak and our new love and money partnership. Bright Peak is a Fortune 300 company, a Christian financial organization that's been helping families build financial wellness for over 100 years. Their approach is unique because it addresses people's relationships with money and each other in a way that's different from more traditional, get a budget and stick to it and everything will be better kind of approaches. I'm not saying envelopes, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we, uh, we actually decided to partner with Bright Peak to do an annual or the, a year-long content uh, experience called Love & Money. You can find it at our website, relevantmagazine.com slash money. And uh, several times a week, we'll be publishing articles that talk about our relationships with money and each other. Uh, it has practical resources, it has other things like uh, there's some John A. Cuff, there's a John mm-hmm. A. Cuff experience going on right there at Love and Money. Also, we'll be rolling out a Love and Money podcast, some video content. There will be Love and Money events this year. A lot of stuff is happening because we feel like this is an important issue that our generation needs to engage differently. Um, There's kind of been one mindset about a Christian approach to budgeting and stewardship of your resources. Mm -hmm. And the church hasn't really talked beyond that. And the church also doesn't really talk about relational dynamics very well. And whether it be single or dating or married stuff, and you know what? They're intertwined. Uh, One of the leading causes of divorce is financial stress. And what Mm -hmm. if we could address both of these things maybe we could turn the needle or pivot and uh, have a different trajectory for this generation. So it's uh, it's an exciting partnership. I want you to go check it out. It's love slash money, And it is the presenting sponsor of this week's show.
0: Yeah. And one cool thing, one of the coolest things about love and money, what they're doing is like the practical application of stuff. Like they have these assessments that you can take online, like relational assessments and financial assessments that you just answer a couple of questions and it tells you kind of like your weak spots and your strong points and what to do from there. It's, it's, they're really helpful tools. Jesse, your weak spot probably core strength. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh. <laughs> I mean, that's, you can just tell that by looking at me. Uh, <laughs> it. It like uses your computer camera to just say, you know what? It was weird. It was weird. I entered all this financial information and they said, you really need to work on your core. It's dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> it. Don't lift any large, heavy, awkward objects. <laughs> com slash love and money.
1: Uh, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Uh, here with me in our Orlando studios. No, Eddie Big Cat Coffolds this week. He is out on assignment over there on the ones who's our illustrious producer, Chandler Strang, my brother. Hello. Uh, his, his boss, Nathan Grubbs, sitting quietly, listening and staring at him. <laughs> and judging. Uh, judging with his mind. Uh, on the <laughs> Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And okay. Last week, big announcement. Big announcement. New era for the podcast. Annie F. Downs joining the cast from Nashville, Tennessee. Guess what? Out of town this week. Uh, so just big, all set up, and here filling in for Eddie and Annie, two of the newest members of the relevant team, our managing editor, Andre Henry. Yo. And our new senior writer, Tyler Daswick. Yes, sir. Uh, I like to call him new Tyler. They don't like that I call him new <laughs> nope, Tyler. so He prefers Daswick. Nope. <laughs> um, we call
0: him Tyler and Tyler be old Tyler. I think that's what they... The <laughs> it's it's we Tyler and Grandpa <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> or which, just
1: Tyler and old, I think is what they... Yeah, uh, that's how it goes in the meetings. It, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, Tadashi joins us. He has a brand new single out. Uh, it's the precursor to a new album. We're going to um, hear all about right. it. It's exciting. Yeah. And we have a great... Uh, it's come, We're bringing it back. Uh, a few months ago, you might remember that we had Deb Faleta join us. She's one of our favorite authors, and uh, as a, especially it relates to relationship dynamics. We publish a ton of her stuff. Uh, Deb Faleta is joining us for the expert advice... With Deb Falida. You guys are going to send in your questions and Deb will answer them. I've already seen a few of them. It's going to be good. So <laughs> it will be quote unquote good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jesse, before we move the show along, I caught wind yes. that yesterday.
0: You were in the hospital. I was hospitalized for quite a bit of the day yesterday. And I'm still, if my energy level is low, it's because of that. I got sicker than I've ever been yesterday. Uh, What happened? I don't know. I, dude, I woke, I I went to bed feeling kind of weird. Do they still, do you still have your kidney? Did they tell you? I still have a kidney, but it's not mine. Did they
2: upsell
1: you (laughs) to any elective surgeries yesterday? That's what I want to know.
0: No, I, okay. So I went to bed two nights ago, like feeling kind of weird, but you know, sometimes that happens. You're just like, I'll sleep, I'll sleep that off. I woke up and I felt like just. I mean, indescribably sick, and I won't get into all the details. But by uh, I see this, I see the stains in your wall behind you, <laughs> dude. It was it was violent. Let me say that. Like, this is the first time I've laughed since then. Like, and every time I laugh, it hurts my stomach right now because. Well, that's it, what it, the love and money assessment pointed out. You need to work yeah, on your exa- core exa- strength. Exactly. I mean, it's it probably has to do with my weak core strength. <laughs> um, so anyway, we uh, I ended up. My wife ended up calling the doctor because i could i i couldn't even move man i was so sick so i went to the they, they said well go here and get some blood work and they'll tell you how your electrolytes or whatever are and from there they're like oh boy we gotta get you on an iv so i was like on our iv getting like medicine and saline for like four hours yesterday that, um, and,
1: and electrolytes isn't that just gatorade
0: uh well I couldn't eat or drink anything I I I I had no like fluid that I means disgusting but I there I couldn't get anything into and so I got that and then a bunch of like anti nausea and antibacterial medication through the IV because I couldn't I couldn't take I at one point I I try to use mouthwash because of obvious reasons you know and yeah. uh I I couldn't even do it it made me sick like.
3: Do you I, I, have, I just got so you, they, they
0: think it's either some sort of food poisoning or um uh like a really bad viral infection but i have I'm on a lot of medicine right now and I slept for like twelve hours I saw I, this morning I saw Cameron text me at like ten thirty to see how I was doing and i I slept for like twelve hours last night um, but I'm back and I feel better than I did yesterday
1: do you <laughs> do you think this has anything to do with this past weekend when you drank the swamp water?
0: It's either the swamp water, or the raw eggs, or the the. I think the intake of cookie dough has
2: really you know I've whole, been being mourned the, about ones, that for years. Not the cookie and dough,
0: I, yeah. Not the cookie dough from meal? Christmas.
1: It's the leftover ones from Thanksgiving. Yeah, see, dough. here's yeah. the thing.
0: I've been a cookie dough truther for years, <laughs> <laughs> and the truther no is you can eat it and you won't get salmonella. Like that's just right. scare tactic. Right. I'm here to tell you. Don't eat raw cookie dough. It'll eventually catch up to you. And as much as I loved it, it's not worth it. Yesterday was hell, and I've learned a lesson. So, oh my goodness.
4: <laughs> Honestly, uh Jesse, I, I, you know, hit you with the text last night. Had no idea you kind of underplayed it to the office. Just, oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling that great. Can you cover me here? Cover me there? Whatever. And then you just go dark. Yeah. And and yeah, I'm hitting you with the text at night about one thing or another. You don't answer, and so I just yeah. I, he. He's gone. I assume he's dead. And yeah, and yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, we just have we have to move on. It's a
0: new era. <laughs> and we can't have the podcast tomorrow. <laughs> find us up. But you know, what? this is a band-aid. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta rip it off fast. There's nothing we can do now. He's gone.
4: Let, let the past die. No baggage. Just yeah. just cut loose. We'll call him old Jesse. Old Jesse. I have I have no reverence. Dead Jesse. Oh wow. And <laughs> and he and so I, I just I come into to Cameron today. I'm like, hey yeah. man, we we doing the show? and No, he
1: really did. He came up to me first thing. I barely sat down at my desk. and He's like, hey, so I heard Jesse's gone. And um, do you need me to fill in today. Correct. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, I was like, number one, I know he's sick. But I mean, if he's not up to doing the podcast, we're not doing the podcast. We will wait for Jesse. We'll do the podcast without me gladly <laughs> mm. we will not do the podcast <laughs> with Jesse
0: unless unless I did you know meet an untimely end in that right. case right you yeah. have and no so then that's well, me, knowing you know, that that's
1: our context if yeah. if that if old if new tyler is coming up to me saying um well, you know, we have to move on. We Jesse's no him. longer <laughs> with us. Then I'm like, I assume you're dead. That's it. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Welcome case, to the show, then, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, man.
4: Hey, yeah. I think you should take it as a signal, man. If, if you're deceased, next man up. All right. Yeah, next exactly. man up. Next, ex- next ex- has zero
0: hesitation. I like that. If the national championship <laughs> taught us anything, national championship game, next man up. Yeah. Absolutely. You can Sometimes win you bench, you bench the starter at halftime, and you know roll with the new guy. Right. <laughs> That's right. If you
4: guys want to call me Tua, I'll allow it. That's okay. Fine. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Moving the show along, it's time for our weekly look
1: back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for. In
2: case you missed it.
1: Hey, in case you missed it this week, Ozzy Osbourne visited Ken Ham's Ark Encounter, the right next door to the Creation Museum. Uh, for uh, his TV show. The trip was part of the rocker's show with his son, Jack, called Ozzy and Jack's World Detour, where they visit locations around the world and, in theory, bond over the shared time together. You know, road trip with Dad. Let's bring yeah. a film crew. Uh, before the trip, Ark Encounters people spoke extensively with Osborne's people to make sure the visit was under genuine intentions as opposed to being an excuse to attack religion. Evidently, the trip went well. Ken Ham, the young earth creationist who founded the Ark Encounter along with uh, the Creation Museum next door, tweeted, yes, Ozzy Osbourne visited Ark Encounter and the TV program turned out well. We praise the Lord for all the opportunities he gives us to share the truth of God's word and the gospel with people around the world. According to park staff, at one point, Ozzy said, (laughs) how did Noah keep a T-Rex in a cage? And Jack replies, I thought long and hard about this and I figured it out. T-Rex had tiny little arms, they can't pick
0: locks. Uh-huh. I, I just love that this happened. <laughs> like, if you were to ask me to put together a scenario that would make for entertaining fodder and entertaining TV show, I don't think I could have come up with Ozzy and Jack Osborne visit the visit the Ark encounter, mm-hmm. but it's perfect. And I love that Ken Ham's such a good sport about it. That surprises me. He, he's, he's known for, well, I will say this. He welcomed Bill Nye for a debate. Maybe he's, maybe he's more open to this type of stuff than, than we, we imagine. But hey, good, good for all parties involved. Yeah. Do,
1: we, do we know that this is an actual TV show? Like it's on a channel and everything? Or is this just like Ozzy? Uh, like like they, they just can't. They, just they don't wait. know how to like relate to each other without a film camera around. Oh, so they no. just kind of travel around with the. I uh, think both are a <laughs> problem
0: <or> likely plausible <laughs> scenarios. <Yeah. laughs>
1: hey, in case you missed it, a surreal <laughs> version of Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit uh, remixed into a major key. Oh, went man. viral this week. Um, so the musician Sleep Good turned one of the 90s most famous songs, uh, the Rage Fueled Nirvana breakout into a pop punk mall anthem simply by changing it from a minor key to a major key warning you can never unhear you can't this it is so happy. <laughs>
0: It does sound like every Blink-182 song ever. Oh, yeah. It sounds like
1: Blink-182 an edgy Katy Perry track. Not the vocals, but the music. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And, and and a worship concert.
0: It and doesn't arena. sound a
5: little bit like U2, to you? Like when it the first part, before they get to the hook, it sounded like a
1: U2 song to me. Interesting.
0: I was picturing like old school Goody Hooked. Like it had the production quality of like a really muddy <laughs> old school. It definitely tooth sounded Christian. Album. Like
1: Christians can be edgy, but only in major keys. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We say
0: we save our edginess for the major key. I mean, come on now. We're we're not going to the dark side. I here. do ge- I do genuinely have stories as a worship leader where I was told not
5: to play in minor keys.
0: Seriously. Seriously. Mm. Wow. Like
1: because people like it makes them
5: sad. Too moody. Yeah, like they're like exactly it's too moody. G D E. Yeah. Don't. It's all you need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> C, maybe a little C oh, yeah, in there. You teach C Christians in minor there. chords. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's, seems like we just preemptively prevent that from happening.
1: We have a we have a piano in the studio next door, and I'll just sit down and tinker with minor chords or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's you know. Jazzy, and then if I want to sound Christian, I'll just play C, D, G, or E, and that's it. Any combination of those chords. You basically, it's a worship song. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I, exactly.
0: Yeah. You don't need. I mean, if you know a, a, so, a worship song is really kind of next level of push and pushing limit if they add, if they add in that fourth chord, <laughs> generally <laughs> you want to stick. It's to only the on the bridge. C&D. It's only yeah. on the
1: bridge that it shows up.
0: Yeah. Hey, in case you missed it, uh,
1: Oprah might be running for president in 2020 um, uh, while accepting the. C- She's the DeMille award for, quote, outstanding contributions to the world of entertainment. The first uh, black woman to ever win it, actually. Uh, at the Golden Globes this past week, uh, Oprah gave a stirring speech leading many to wonder, especially on Twitter, about her future political aspirations. In her speech, she addressed the hashtag Me Too movement, uh, gender equality, fighting racial injustice, and the importance of standing up for truth. Here's a clip.
6: I've interviewed and portrayed people who've withstood some of the ugliest things life can throw at you. But the one quality all of them seem to share is an ability to maintain hope for a brighter morning, even during our darkest nights. So I want all the girls watching here and now to know that a new day is on the horizon. <laughs> And when that new day finally dawns, it will be because of a lot of magnificent women, many of whom are right here in this room tonight, and some pretty phenomenal men fighting hard to make sure that they become the leaders who take us to the time when nobody Ever has to say Me Too again.
1: Okay, that sounded like a political speech, but uh, I mean, just her delivery. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. stirring. I could see that. Like, yeah, I'll vote. Um, so, So Oprah herself has said she has no interest in running for office, but her longtime partner Stedman Graham told the LA Times that if the circumstances were right, quote, she would absolutely do it. And her best friend, Gail King, said she was, quote, intrigued
0: the idea it, hmm. it, seriously if you added the words my fellow Americans to the beginning that's of that exactly plan, right that, <laughs>
2: and I, I, you like know, I don't speech. know what
0: her politics would be I mean I, you know I'm really I, I don't think she's come up with any kind of like platform or anything like that but I will say this it would make presidential addresses so much she, more she hands out
1: cars to people and a lot of free things so I would think there's a lot of social welfare if uh, you know, like everybody gets free cars. Yeah, I mean that is like <laughs> my hope. You get
5: healthcare. Like my that is my facetious hope is that like she runs for president. We and all it's get just like Oprah's favorite things. Yeah, we like, all get Kias.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. even if it's just little stuff. Like I show up to work and there's like a neck pillow. On yeah. That chair. yeah, yeah. You get a neck pillow. You get, you a neck get pillow. You get.
5: Everybody gets Thank neck
4: you. pillows. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, President Winfrey. Like, yeah. nice. I it's nice. Look I love
0: under it. your chair. Uh, uh, and and I like how like diplomatic meetings will now be like Super Soul Sunday, where you know she has like the ambassador of Paraguay in a one-on-one meeting, and the ambassador is just crying. You know, just. <laughs> tears about <laughs> spirituality and how, you know, I mean, and look, she's she's got a lot of interesting people that she could have a cabinet. If, if Shauna becomes a cabinet member, we all win here. I'm going right. to vote just on that <laughs> chance. Yeah.
1: So I, I saw Lady Gaga tweeted, you know, Oprah 2020, right? right? And I saw a British comedian retweet that and said, Americans do realize you can elect presidents that aren't on television,
2: right? Oh, man. Uh,
1: Hey, in case you missed it, two New Jersey prisons have banned inmates from reading The New Jim Crow. The book explores the way systematic racism plays into mass incarceration in America, highlighting how the criminal justice system disproportionately targets black people. The ACLU of New Jersey has now issued a public records request for details about the ban on Michelle Alexander's acclaimed 2010 book by two different prisons in New Jersey. The uh, ACLU isn't just focusing on First Amendment violations, but also on New Jersey administrative code, which says that prisons can only prohibit books containing information that is seen as, quote, detrimental to the secure and orderly operation of the prisons. In a statement, the ACLU said, it's one thing to prevent incarcerated people from reading how-to manuals about lockpicking. Mm-hmm. It's something altogether different to deny people access to a book that offers a timely and original framework for understanding mass incarceration. This book changed my life five years ago. It's yeah. unbelievable. I, mean, I can't believe that they're targeting it. Yeah. How, how dare they?
0: <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, it's so blatant You know, yeah. that it's such a race, racially motivated. I mean, it's just so blatant. Well and I would I would challenge anyone that wants to be more informed about the issue of mass incarceration particularly the how it re, how it relates to the disproportionate use of of long sentences to minority communities to read this book and also 13th.
1: Hey, in case you missed it, lastly, Flight of the Concords could be returning with a new hour-long special. In an interview with E.T., which is still around, uh, Jermaine Clement <laughs> teased the possible special saying, we're going to film a little something this year. We're going to shoot an hour thing. Um, the first Flight of the Concords tour in seven years kicks off in the UK in March. It'll feature classics from the show as well as new songs from uh, Clement and Mackenzie. I, I I wonder if the comedy... Holds up. You know what I mean? I love it. I loved it. But I I, I wonder if it was groundbreaking for the time. Right. And now kind of alt comedy has so progressed and evolved that it would almost seem too simple or... I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting yeah. to see if they try to play the greatest hits and they don't evolve or if it's a whole new wave of stuff, which could be amazing because I thought they were brilliant back in the day. Yeah, I, I, I ho- I'm just scared to watch the old shows. That's I hope all. it's
5: not like a Chappelle situation. Right. Like I watched the newer Chappelle um, things, and I think that one one article um, summarized it really well is that he didn't really evolve with the time. You yeah. know, So like I watched
1: that. Sp- he was I watched- groundbreaking 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. Maybe you watch s- the new
5: specials and you're like, that might have been funny in the 90s, you know. And so I hope it's not the same with Flight of the Concords, because they're also one of my favorites, you know. Yeah, I mean, Chappelle in
1: particular, I mean, his show was groundbreaking because there was no comedy show like it mm-hmm. uh, in existence. And now there's, you know, with the Netflixes and more, you know, uh, there's a broader array of quality alternative content, especially. Yeah and uh, comedic content that it's almost like it wouldn't be groundbreaking today. You yeah, know that, what I mean? It would be, po- be Key and Peel or something. It would just be like another yeah. comedy show, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But exactly. back then, it, it, nothing like it existed. I wonder Flight of the Concords is like that too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Po- post like Tim and Eric, it's hard to like out weird anything in comedy anymore. You know, yeah. like everything that Adult Swim has done since Flight of the Concords, which at the time, Flight of the Concords brought a lot of, like you're saying, Cameron, that uh, weirdness to the mainstream. I some of these acts, it just feels like as much as I would enjoy going to a live show for nostalgia purposes, right. I don't know if I need new material. Like it, it seems like no, it age. It's fine. It's fine the way it was. You know,
1: it's like <laughs> when we were at uh, Lollapalooza and we saw the ten year reunion of the Postal Service, right. It was like a pretty small crowd because it was like, well, this was like, we're only here to remember that this yeah. was a great album back then. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. necessarily great today. I mean, yeah. music has moved on a little bit, you know? I mean, that was my opinion. Jesse and Tyler were very much in the, or I guess it was <laughs> Chad, were very enamored with the show. Well,
0: well, I will say this. You saw Third Eye Blind play and you were pretty enamored by that, though, in fairness. Okay, Yeah, they were surprisingly
1: good still. (laughs) They were. I mean, it was like one of these things where, like, where did that come from? Who would have thought Third Eye Blind was still bringing good music? Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. Listening to the neighborhood, the song is "Scary Love." At the beginning of the podcast, you heard "Courtship." Period. With perfect people, that's our youth group nickname. <laughs> okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, I have I have a two for.
0: Uh, but did you both... Did you
1: find this while you were in the hospital yesterday?
0: I I did not. I was. I could barely move at the hospital yesterday but uh, I was thinking about what material I would bring and it was all hospital material and none of those
6: (laughs) hey guys let me tell you about getting
0: an IV jammed in your arm. What's the deal? (laughs) You know what's disturbing that I wasn't the guy who did it I, and this is probably, I don't know if this is worth even talking about. He didn't wear gloves and I thought that was weird. Uh, that was a little concerning to me. I feel like if you're handling needles and stuff, you should wear gloves, but you know, that was going to be my slice. And so I found something much interesting to talk about this morning. Um, so, uh, both of them have to do with conspicuous consumption. One is a new product that just was unveiled at CES is the big consumer electronics show, um, where a lot of cool products and, uh, uh, make their debut and it gives us a peek into the wave of the Future, like what? What are the what are the devices that we're going to be using tomorrow? This is where you know we got a, a lot of first looks at things like AR, some cool AR technology and, and VR stuff. And he, one of the big products is to make a splash that only costs nine hundred and eighty dollars, so just a thousand dollars, and is already racked up at a thousand dollar price point, eight thousand pre-order reservations since its debut at CES is Foldy Mate. It is a washing machine sized device that folds your clothes. So literally you put clean, unfolded laundry in there and out comes folded piles. It can do about 20 to 40 items in two to four minutes. Again, this item costs a thousand dollars and is the size of a small washer or dryer. Why is this a thing? Like who, who is so burdened by folding clothes that is worth a thousand dollars? It I seems. Am. <laughs> I, to, I, I never want to fold President clothes. President Oprah would provide
1: those for <laughs> everybody. You get
0: a folding mate, and you get a, get a folding. A, 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 so, so, Andre, you're saying that it, it's conceivable. Like, if you had the dis, like just the disposable income at any given moment, you would consider spending a thousand dollars of it on a device that folds your laundry. Absolutely. When I worked at J.
5: Crew, it was the bane of my existence to fold clothes, and I literally was like, "Why is my job?" Cleaning? Did it have
1: those folding board things? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. the
5: folding boards. I'm like why is my job cleaning up after adults? Like they just come in and throw sweaters all over the place. And when I got home, I wouldn't fold anything in my room. I'm like, I've done this all day. I'm not going to do this ever again.
0: Interesting. See, when I go into one of those stores, I I will, it's like, uh, if they don't have the size right at the top, I assume it's one at the bottom, and I pull it out from the bottom <laughs> of the stack of full clothes, oh, often knocking the whole thing and unfolding all of them. But you know what? It's somebody else's job to pick it up and fold it from there. I will try on the sweater. I rarely buy things from there, but I sometimes like to know. Exactly.
5: <laughs> it's because of people like Jesse that I would totally get a folder made.
0: I just want yes. to keep an eye on things, so... So you would buy the full. Daz, would, what would, would you, is, this a, is this something that you would ever consider buying? Or do you think, and my thing is like, these electronic makers have just run out of problems to solve. And they're like, well, there's no machine that folds laundry. So why don't we do that? It's going to cost like a thousand bucks. But I, I mean, what else are people going to spend it on?
4: Yeah, uh, price point is a high threshold. But right. I, I have to admit, I'm pretty impressed by the technology. 20 40 items in two to four minutes. I pull my stuff. Out of the washer and the dryer, and there are like socks that ended up inside of other socks, yeah. and stuff goes inside out and tangled and all together. And I can just throw that in my Foldy Mate. And yeah, it how does knows. it do it though?
1: I mean, like, how? Yeah. I mean, what is what's it's what's going crap. on in that thing <laughs> to it, like? Pr- how does
4: it know how to? Elves.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it it, I mean, be. obviously that's
0: what you it's pay witchcraft for. happening. You Tr- yeah. pay Tr-
4: for yeah, the right. slave elf labor. I was just about to say,
5: you don't want to ask too many questions here. Right okay? it's, t- it's probably unethical.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, okay, so so that brings me, speaking of unethical, uh, <laughs> I
2: don't know if you guys oh,
0: saw, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that recently, <laughs> Tiffany, Tiffany and Company, the, the jewelry maker had released something called Everyday Objects. You, you Generally when you think of Tiffany, you think of like diamond diamond rings and like tennis bracelets and stuff, right? Like these are, are are special luxury items. What if they were to branch out into basic consumer items? You know, stuff that those of us who normally wouldn't purchase $5,000 Five thousand dollar Tiffany necklaces that you know maybe we could have in our home. Uh, recently, their everyday collection went viral, and now several items have been selling out. Okay, here's what, here's what I'm gonna do, <laughs> and this is just to demonstrate <laughs> uh, you know, the 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 greatness of conspicuous consumption in the American economy. I'm gonna name an item, and I want you guys to guess how much it costs from the um, Tiffany's everyday. Everyday objects. This is stuff you oh, could use every day. You don't need to be a Tiffany's fan. Okay, a a swirly straw that you would use for a drink that is sterling silver.
5: Wait, it's made out of silver. It, sterling it, silver, yeah. or
0: swirling straw. Yeah, so uh, like a, like a swirly straw, you know, that oh, you'd stick man. into a drink. I'll throw out ninety dollars. Uh, I don't know, hundred fifty. Wow. Uh, Two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, wow, for a straw. Seems for working. a straw. <laughs> how, about, how, about a, how about how of... about Tiffany's uh, everyday object uh, 10 can? You might be a straw is... guy. You know, it's like, like the
1: world's best straw. If you're <laughs> right. a straw guy and you really love straws, straw technology, <laughs> straw. various straws. You, straws. <laughs> you straws, you collect straws when you travel, various sure. types, shapes, yeah. colors. You're, you're describing It's me. the
4: ultimate straw, <laughs> 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 right? You, you, if uh, if I know, it's
1: the world's. Greatest best straw, straw, and you're a straw guy.
4: Then it's <laughs> no worth question. it, and you know yeah. me, Cameron. I am a straw guy. <laughs> <laughs> it one tastes, thing so it tastes so much
0: better. It tastes so much better. Anybody who knows me knows. <laughs> Anything who knows, I'm about the straws. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. How yeah. about this? This is a tin can. Okay, this is a tin can. It's plated in sterling silver, but Wait it's through in the inside, no, it's, not tin tin it's not a tin can. It's not a tin can. No, say it's called sterling <laughs> silver tin can. Wait, 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 oh, wait, well, wait, 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 wait. Okay, and this is a tin for? can, and it looks like it's silver. <laughs> it looks like you would picture a tin can plated in silver to look like that you would use to put on your desk and hold like pencils, or maybe if you're a straw guy, a cool place to store some fine straws. How much is the silver tin can from the everyday <laughs> now objects? Now gotcha. you're talking.
1: Well, now that we know <laughs> the price point, uh, I'm going five hundred dollars. Okay, yeah, like four hundred yeah. bucks.
5: Yeah, I feel like somewhere around there. Uh, I'll go, go four. T- for
0: twenty, we play prices right right now. Yeah. Three Ten. one dollar.
4: I'm turning this into a competition. D- D-
0: I will say win. this: it surprises me that you would go so low, considering you're a straw guy in a place that has your straws this fancy. You would lowball because that item costs the a thousand dollars.
2: Right.
0: The funny thing is, some of these some of these items have been actually selling out because of how hilarious they are. An ice cream scooper, a sterling silver with a wall. Not handle for three hundred and seventy five dollars <laughs>
5: i just keep wondering are you supposed to get the? are you supposed to get food and liquid on sterling silver because is, is that a thing
0: i don't know but a lot of people are because that is sold out um wow. i feel they, like you're,
4: you're just you're supposed to have people over to your house people come over dinner fancy dinner whatever and you take the tin can <laughs> uh, with the straw off of your uh off of your shelves and you see this tin can right. thousand thousand bones yeah. You just okay. say, look, I, I have this, and then, and but then, you don't use it. And then when you sit down for the meal, you get your $250 straw and you say, see, that's the best straw in the world. And I can prove it. But is it the best
1: tin can in the world? I mean, you I mean, know, I that's
4: the best like straw in the world, no t- question. Name, name <laughs> a better tin can. The thing, <laughs> you can.
1: The
5: thing that <laughs> tricks me out about it is like, this is the same item that people are sitting on the street begging for change in.
0: Yeah. Why'd um, <laughs> you, why you like, make it real, Andre? So, uh, the, uh, uh, man. Uh, no, I
5: ruin every wow. conversation. <laughs> okay, how about this? A like, set of
0: ten sterling silver Lego blocks. Lego oh, blocks? God. Those are little. I mean, so they're I mean, tiny. They're tiny. You only at ten.
1: Oh
6: wow.
1: Do I'm they hold?
0: actually click together like the t- the trademark patented? You know they're they're Lego. not actual, they, they they are clearly knockoff. They're not Lego brand. They're not they Lego brand. The they bottoms of them, the bottoms so they just of kind of stack
1: on each other, but they don't they, like hold tight the way yeah, a LEGO exactly does.
0: exactly. You can't
5: make a Scooby Doo out of them,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, there's only ten of them, so you're not you're kinda of limited Legos? in what cool stuff I've you can I've seen make. a Lego Scooby Doo. So 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 we're talking bucks. only ten, so you can't really build anything, anything. with it. It's just yeah. literally they're there. You're gonna lose yes. them.
5: You can build a very small wax silver tower.
1: Yeah is yeah, right. in price, <laughs> or a little like a fence, maybe a little <laughs> wall. Uh, I'm going to go because uh, they're a little thicker than you would think. Yeah, but they're I'm half gonna, walnut. I'm, they're half I'm walnut. Eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm thinking it has to be
0: like. It's surprising. That's like why that. you're le- you're ending with it. Daz, what do you what do you say? Eighteen oh one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, we, uh, Andre, you're what was to, your
4: guess? I'm here to win. 1500
0: You win, and that. you win the world's hey, greatest God. straw. Hey. Congratulations, Andre. <laughs> Andrei, that that so diet Coke is going to taste a lot better. They also have, if you're wondering, a ruler that is part silver that costs $450. Wow. <laughs> and what home would be incomplete without a uh, sterling silver pizza cutter? for $165. You can see they, they have a lot of useless items including <laughs> my favorite. This is a paper cup plated in sterling silver for the mere price of $575. So, if if one of you guys has won the lottery, I hope that you have a machine that folds your clothes and I hope you're drinking coffee from a paper cup that costs $600 with a swirly straw <laughs> uh, that uh, costs $300 uh, because these are going past. They're selling out as we speak. So, uh, uh, go ahead and waste your money now. Wow. Well, there you go. All right. What do you have, Andre? Okay. Super excited.
5: There's a crowdfunding campaign to help kids get tickets to Black Panther in Harlem. Are you serious? That has raised no. thousands of dollars. Even, That's
2: amazing. Even this JJ so
5: Abrams great. are among the folks who have donated money. He he and his wife donated donated ten thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. Super excited. Also, I used to live in Harlem, so I know the theater, Magic Johnson Theater, is down there on One Twenty Fifth Street. And just imagine, like, all these kids actually getting to see this movie—it's going to be amazing, isn't and, it? From like, and, like and, the, for the, and
1: for those who aren't involved or know the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. tell us about Black Panther and why this is significant. <gasps> well, I wish Huckabee was here to really comment on it
5: because he's more of a comic guy than I am. But uh, the Black Panther movie is basically an all black cast i mean
1: there's a there's a it's there's, really the first black superhero right
5: yeah i mean this is and it's one of the first black superhero movies in a, i mean right ever or in a long time right right i mean as i said that i thought of the meteor man but i mean if you're not black you don't know about the meteor man and he's not like a major superhero so like, that was sort of Mar- a parody too yeah you know like so like this is a huge deal i mean like every black person well, we I'm, have major pain with uh, a
0: major pain, blank man. <laughs> with with oh, one of geez. the way was it Damon Wayans?
5: Damon Wayans, major pain. Yeah. And don't forget that movie where Sinbad played a genie. That <laughs> one too. Don't forget that one.
0: In, in the, the yeah. In addition to it's all black cast, it's also Ryan Coogler, who's a twenty something uh, black director, is is directing it. Kendrick Lamar is doing the soundtrack, and even the story takes place in a fictional African nation. And it has, a, you know, thematically has a lot to do with like colonialism. I think they coordinated it with the Boys and G- Girls Club there. But yeah, tens of thousands of dollars to get these kids to see the movie. I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be so awesome. My Uber driver uh, that picked me up the other day like randomly
5: just started gushing about Black Panther. He, he made me promise that I would get at least three tickets for myself. Really? Yeah. He was like, you got to get one, you got to get three tickets for mind, body,
1: and spirit. <laughs> Awesome. that's amazing yeah. that is awesome. i hope i i mean i'm sure it won't because he's an amazing director and it's an amazing story but i hope it doesn't disappoint
7: you know because yeah. we've yeah. had
1: we've had highly anticipated superhero films in the past that we're just kind of like oh that, yeah the hype is so it's, high. it's almost, it's almost so unfairly high. high it's almost unfairly high like okay. how could it meet the expectations okay everybody we all need to just calm yeah you're down. gonna buy one <laughs> ticket not we need three cal- we need to calm <laughs> yeah. everybody
5: down
0: yeah well, the
5: don't rumor. wear your dashiki to the, to the theater. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. I can't go back now. I'm dressed up like Prince Hakeem from Coming to, Mar- coming to America. It's, <laughs> it's happening. Opening night. It's
1: yeah, opening like the night. Star Wars people who dress up and bring yeah, their lightsabers absolutely. to the theater. Absolutely.
2: Well,
0: the, the rumor is, and I don't want to like d- anger comic book nerds who are listening by, you know, butchering something, but one of the rumors is that chadwick boswick's uh uh chadwick boswick's character, who is you know Black Panther will eventually take over the mantle that like Tony Stark has played in the other ones that they'll be phasing him out oh, they'll wow. be trading out the two and it's really significant because again it's a person of color that could be like the lead character in the biggest movie franchise of all time being wow. the m c u very cool all right what do you have new tyler man i I'm still <laughs> Not happy. All right, that.
1: fine. What do you have, Daswick? Daz,
4: Daswick. It's fine. All right. <laughs>
1: what do you have, Tyler
4: well, Dazwick,
2: newest staff member? We're, uh,
4: we're we're keeping it in Hollywood, friends. So, all the money in the world. The movie about uh, the kidnapping of John Paul Getty the Third. That's the movie that underwent the ten days of reshoots after Kevin Spacey was replaced oh, right. by Christopher uh, Plummer. Sure. Yeah, I bought three tickets.
0: <laughs> very excited I was very uh, confused I thought I was buying them for Black Panther turns out real talk what? the movie's kind of boring and but I had to sit through it three times I mean I'm not going to waste it I'm, what am I one of these people who's buying $400 straws no I'm sitting through boring three times
2: <laughs>
4: and, and the whole time you were really surprised this doesn't really sound like Kendrick Lamar's music yeah, <laughs> kind of weird. I,
0: when, when are they transporting to this mythical African nation because right now this is a Long, long, boring setup about a kidnapping. <laughs> you know There's a, lot, a lot of white
4: people in this movie. <laughs> this movie. could use a little Kevin Spacey. I, I
1: don't
2: know.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it
0: feels
4: it's weird. Um, anyway, so so they they do these reshoots, and um, the director Ridley Scott had had told USA Today in December that everyone came back for essentially no money, and these reshoots were really seen as like an uh, impressive that Christopher Plummer did this whole part and they shot it in 10 days and basically remade the movie in the short amount of time. But it's come out that Mark Wahlberg, who stars in the movie, for those 10 days of reshoots, made $1.5 million.
1: Wow. That's a lot of Wahlbergers. Yeah. He (laughs) he negotiated
4: it up and uh, the flip side of that is his co-star, Michelle Williams, made for the same work, those 10 days, thousand dollars what what yeah yeah one real talk crazy what I know it's it's like
1: Like how could they even do that in this day and age (laughs) of course it's gonna come out
4: yeah Yeah. right
5: and it was happening during like I mean a thousand
0: dollars me too is like it was
4: you know yeah she was on an $80 per
0: day like per diem Deal. It's insane. It is insane. And it, and it underscores the gender inequality problem. In are they going to make right?
1: It, I mean, are they, is the studio now that this has come out, is the studio addressed it?
4: Uh, I don't know. I mean, they I, I, I don't know the name of the studio, but they um, I, it was the kind of situation where everyone was supposed to come back and, and just kind of sort of like on principle, do it for as cheap as possible. Mark Wahlberg was like, no, I want to get mine.
0: Give me some more money. And no one else negotiated And they couldn't. For hire? They couldn't
1: do the movie without Mark participating in the reshoots. Right. So. Okay,
0: but here's the thing: they're doing the movie without the main star, like the person who is the star of the movie. They're re- reshooting the entire film. If Mark Wahlberg is asking for a uh, 1.5 million dollars to come back, why not just be like, "Look, we replaced the title character with someone. if you're gonna, if if you're not gonna come back for for you know, a million and a half bucks. We're talking about Mark Wahlberg here in a dramatic role. Uh, it's see. Look, I'm not throwing shade of Mark Wahlberg. Uh, you you he know, made, about he makes his a acting, mean burger.
1: But I mean, he makes a mean burger. He makes you know. a
0: mean burger. He's got he's got, uh, you know, obviously he's been working on the core. I can appreciate that. <laughs> but he, see, here's the deal. He. I, no one's going to, no one wants to go see, I want to go see this really new dramatic role because I heard one of the supporting characters is Marky Mark. No one cares. Replace <laughs> <if it> <laughs> him with anyone it would not affect the movie at all, especially not throwing away a, a million and a half bucks for it. You're replacing Kevin Spacey in 10 days. You're telling me you, you, that it's critical to the success of this movie that Mark Wahlberg's in it? I, yeah. am, am I wrong here? It, it, am I, do I not understand the value of Mark Wahlberg in a movie? No, it's, it's not like, it's like, you know,
5: no, you raise a good point. No one has ever changed my mind about seeing a movie that I did not want to see by saying, but Mark Wahlberg is in it.
0: Yeah, right. hey, you want to go see the new Transformers? Ah, Mark Wahlberg, oh, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> Revenge of the <laughs> Fallen, let's do it, let's yeah. do it. The, the it total
4: thing. cost of, of the reshoots, and they had to change all the, the marketing materials to get Christopher Plummer's name on and everything, the total cost was $10 million. So Mark Wahlberg's fee those 10 days of work accounted for 15%. So, was it just wow. Michelle
1: Williams who did it for per diem or did the entire cast do it for that cost so, and Mark was the only one who who wouldn't.
4: So that, that is the case. So the crew was, was compensated so is, as they would have been.
1: And the other cast members I assume as well. Cast,
4: Ridley Scott who's, who was like, the director. Almost like everybody had
1: already been paid and part of your contract is and, and part of this role is you might have to come in for some reshoots. Yes. And they just called in that part of the contract. Yeah. But and it, Mark and, and Marky no.
0: Mark was, was like, nah, I need more. He's by <laughs> a lot of Calvin Klein's, you know? He has an addiction. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, and, 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 yeah he's, he's, he just bought a bunch. He just invested in Foldy Mate, the folding clothes machine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't believe that.
4: Yeah, for it to come out, too. So, after but the, it's not
1: just Michelle versus Mark. This is like the entire cast versus Mark.
4: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's primarily being framed. It was as, more egregious a, because... You know, Michelle versus Mark. Because they have a similar
1: role on the movie, I assume. Yeah, and
4: in the wake of the Golden Globes and the Time's Up movement. Like, just terrible looks, man. terrible.
1: Come on, studio. Do right. Take his money back. Like, either take the money back from Mark or Mark should donate it to the other cast members or something. Somebody needs to do something.
4: Buy him a Foldy, mate come on, come on Mark. yeah
1: be like oprah give them
0: all a kia all right a foldy mate. You're <laughs> gonna fold. what does this do it folds clothes that's it i mean it's humongous that's all it does yeah it folds, them. folds them right up like 20 items <coughs> you, wait great folding you just folded 20 items you saved me four minutes thanks foldy mate you're worth every dime
5: you can fold 20 things in four
0: minutes how long does it take? I, I feel like if you put 20 shirts out in front of me. <laughs> All yeah,
5: right. 20. I, I probably have that.
0: it done in two minutes. I, I mean, I've never timed happen. myself,
5: but. Challenge accepted. I want to see this.
1: No, if you're saying to fold like 20 fitted sheets in four minutes, maybe
0: not. Maybe <laughs> no, not. because you don't fold those. You ball them up and jam them in <laughs> the back of the window. <laughs> right. But t-shirts. Yeah, come on. You don't think so? Yeah. Five per minute, 15 seconds per shirt. I want to see it happen. Oh, you I, don't think you could fold five t-shirts in a minute.
5: I know I can't fold five t-shirts in a, in a minute. I worked at J. Crew. Maybe that's why you don't work there anymore. You, you <laughs> couldn't <Yeah>. fold <laughs> I don't
6: work what anymore because I work What the circumstances here now,
0: of your termination? <laughs> what <were> the circumstances?
1: <laughs> I wasn't terminated. I left. <laughs> that's funny. <Okay. laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for sizes. Stay tuned. Up next, Tadashi joins us.
6: Something bad is about to happen to me. I feel this way, I don't know, maybe I think of her so much it drives me crazy I just don't
1: To Steve Lacey. The song is dark red. It's from his demo. Incredible. He's part of the internet. You know that, Chandler? No, I didn't. Yep. Yeah. He recorded the entire demo on his iPhone. Oh, I heard about this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He recorded all their music on his iPhone too. That's right. He, like he won't so record the song, it in real that's, studio. It's that's only right. iPhone. That's right. Yeah. So the song you just heard was recorded on an iPhone. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, this week's feature interview is brought to you by Blue Apron. Hey, for eight weeks uh, right now, happening right now, Blue Apron is teaming up with Whole30 to bring you delicious recipes that fit in that Whole30 program, which so many people are doing at the beginning of the year. Uh, The program ends on February 26th, so you can still jump in. Their menu will feature two Whole30-approved recipes each week, like the Mexican-spiced berramundi with avocado, Mm. the togarashi chicken, Lettuce cups with avocado and <laughs> kale and sweet potato salad. Hey, kickstart your new year with Blue Apron and Whole 30.
0: I tried Whole 30 uh, a year ago and I lasted six days. If this had been an option and I had Blue Apron to help me along the way, maybe I would have made it further because these all sound delicious. When I was doing it, my understanding was I could only eat like field nuts and stuff, you know, just, <laughs> just stuff I, I foraged. And, and you know, and you, were like on the, you were on the Whole 6 plan. The whole six. <laughs> yeah, the whole six. And I barely I barely made it through that.
1: Yeah. Hey, Blue Apron is treating relevant podcast listeners to their first three meals for free. A $30 value with your first order if you visit blueapron.com slash relevant. So check out this week's menu and get your $30 off with free shipping at blueapron.com slash relevant. It's not just the whole 30 stuff. They have their other menu variety as well. Go check it out. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Today, Friday, Rapper Tadashi releases his brand new single Splash off his upcoming album due out later this year. Uh, We caught up with Tadashi about the new direction of his music. Why the phrase never fold has become his motto in recent years. Uh, It's because he, he wants to, he invested in this, the (laughs) folding machine. So never never fold, fold just throw it in my machine. He's speaking my language. I'm getting an album immediately. Yeah. And how the death of his young son continually inspires him to seek hope through his faith. Here is part of our conversation with Tadashi.
8: Necessary everything and necessary hey, Legendary my click on that legendary. Yeah, I just made a splash. I just made a splash. Hey, let's bag us. I jumped out the whip though. That that's on,
5: this my tempo? Hey, back this my tempo. Come on. with my kenpo. It's big. Like
0: Tell me a little bit about your process in writing songs now. I know you don't have a release date set, but obviously working on a lot of new music. Um, With the political and social climate we're in, how is the writing process different now than it has been at other points in your career?
8: I think writing for me has always been true to who I am and where I am in life. Um, I think if you look at any album I've ever done uh, Even if you just look at singles That I released Music was always true To who I was in the moment And I feel like that was That was a big deal for me When I first started writing Because I didn't know I didn't want to be the person who had to play a role. Yeah, Like I didn't want to have to put on, like it was weird to me when I started, like I'm listening to hip hop and I'm, uh, I grew up in Texas and Houston. So I'm listening to UGK and Scarface and I'm listening to um, even some of the newer artists now. And you just turn around and go, man, all these songs are talking about selling drugs, doing drugs being in the club being with women uh, but you're married like it was it blew my mind when I was like wait Snoop is married? like when I was like, <laughs> I was like That's, what? and so I realized oh he's playing a role and he's presenting a character and I was like I don't want to do that I want to yeah. be I want to be true to who I am I mean, it it's works for them but for me as an artist I got to be true to who I am and especially who I am in the moment and so um, in this moment now the music is reflective of what I'm like it's always been what I'm learning uh, what I'm experiencing uh, and the things that I have learned and experienced kind of all together um, and so Messenger Messenger is kind of that song to go okay, here's what I say I believe, and here it is. Here's what I uh, have experienced, and here it is. I mean, the very first couple of bars, I intentionally go there with, I lost my son, um, but I'm still moving on, when I wanna just give it up. like I just, wanna, I just wanna quit, I wanna throw in the towel, not just music, in life, and go, everything's unfair, no one gets it, uh, I'm moving, I'm done. But at the end of the day, I know the uh, example I want to set for my children, for, for those young adults that, that listen to my music, that look up to me, uh, I know I want to set a certain example. Um, and so th- it's a battle every day to go, no, this is the example I want to live out for everybody who's watching um, and, and, and uphold that as best I can. So, that from those closest to me to those far, furthest away, they're like, oh, that's him. He's the same. And so, the music hasn't necessarily changed their approach, but, but in, in what I communicate, uh, hopefully, it it's evident that it evolves depending on where I am in life.
0: Tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, I was reading on, I think, I'm trying to remember which, where it was, but the the idea that the, the phrase never fold has sort of become an ethos lately for you personally yeah. and creatively. Yeah. Where did that come from and why is that so important to you?
8: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, just from, um, on one hand, it comes from Luke 952, uh, just putting your, anyone who puts Christ says anyone... Who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. Um, but what he's referring to in that moment isn't someone who is, um, like a quitter. <laughs> like it's not calling out quitters as much as it is calling up people to a standard. That, that verse was uh, an inspiration, but the beyond that verse, it was really me. Like the verse kind of solidifies the heart that I had as a person who is having to overcome, exist in, and live with a new normal after losing my son. I feel like, um, I feel like in that season, God blessed me to meet, man, tons of people who were going through so much, and a lot of them were people who lost children. And and I I never knew the community of people who went through that was so big. I never, she never knew it. From miscarriages to people who had thirty-year-old kids who were were in a car accident or who were sick, and you just realize, wow, this is this is crazy. And so I'm I'm starting to talk to these people, um, and, and two couples stand out the most. One. Uh, from Dallas and another one from um, from St. Louis. One couple, their four-year-old, was at grandmother's house, grandma's house early in the morning, uh, ends up getting away from the parents. They don't know where he is and he's outside in the pool and he drowns. And it's devastating to grandma because she covered the pool. She just didn't realize overnight, for some reason, one of the flaps were undone, just a corner big enough for him to slip into. And then there was a couple in St. Louis who, um, who woke up to an electrical fire in their home. Um, and it's freezing weather, wintertime in St. Louis. And so they had just had a baby and they, they break through the door or through the window and escape only to realize, wait, I gotta go back in and get the other kids. Um, and so they run around at every entrance trying to get in, um, receiving third degree burns, trying to get back in. Uh, they don't get in. they 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 basically almost die, trying to get in, um, but they' they had two sons who passed away uh, in a house fire. And these are people, these are stories. These are um, situations that i'm I'm starting to hear about or being told about. Um, and you know people are people are kind uh, when you go through something. But but even in their kindness, they just don't know a lot of times how to go forward with you, how to be a, a person who can live with you as you live with that. And oftentimes, you you don't have a lot of people don't have time to. I mean, life doesn't stop um, when bad things happen. Those bad things just make certain people have to stop, but life doesn't stop. And so. Um, in my situation, I realized, man, I'm, 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 I mean, I am really in a dark place, and I don't want to go on. But the world is still going, like, man, everybody's still going to work, holidays are still happening, people are still going out of town on the weekends, and buddies are going to the lake, and friends are taking vacations, and, and I'm, I'm just over here trying to figure out how not to lose my mind. What is happening? And so, never fold became this encouragement to myself and others, um, not in a self-absorbed way, but in a in a legitimate, not Luke nine fifty two, hey, don't look back, hey, don't quit. What's over here is way better. Don't quit uh, attitude. And ironically, the very person telling us to not. Put our hand to the plow and look back is, is going to have to exemplify that a few chapters later. He's going to have to stand there, eventually uh, kneel there sweating drops of blood and have to endure this thing that he doesn't want to go through. And and I go, man, that's my that's my world. That's my story. And that's not my, that wasn't a moment, that's every day where I go, man, there are days that are Easier than others But There's still It's still an everyday thought Of Keep going Never Never fold Like keep going Keep going Keep pressing forward Keep it's Moving moving, a movie it's And it's not keeping, easy. Uh, Keep going And it doesn't Go back Like nothing Goes back to what it was um, That's why I call it A, uh, a new normal Because yeah. you, you just realize Man I don't uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to keep going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to wake up tomorrow to live and that's just gonna be a reality. And I'm either gonna embrace that or I'm, I'm gonna reject it. And I've, I've tried to reject it and it, it left me and everybody I love in disarray. And so um, I was saying 52, I meant 62, Luke 9, 62, where you just realize, man, there's, there's so much to be done, but there's so much to overcome to do it. And so that wrestle for me, I know it's long, my bad, but that's kind of the, the overall picture of it for me.
3: they
8: say they know,
5: they die. CZ with diamonds, that's uh, Stay taking else run to uh, Roll with my spot the like place it's crowded. Uh, my uh, can't hop in till I'm out. It.
1: That was Tadashi. Stay tuned up next. It's expert advice with Deborah Cause
2: I
6: loved you
1: You're listening to Dermot Kennedy. The song is Moments Past. Okay. It is time for Expert Advice with Deb Faleta. Uh Deb Falada is a speaker, licensed professional counselor, blogger, and the author of several books, including True Love Dates and the upcoming Choosing Marriage, The Hardest and Greatest Thing You'll Ever Do, which I believe is coming out in May. Debra is joining us today for another segment of expert advice in which we answer your pressing relationship questions. Welcome to the show, Debra.
3: Thank you. It's good to be here.
1: We are. Uh, we last time you we did this, uh, John Christ was joining us, and and we mm-hmm. thought we don't need any of his
0: nonsense.
1: Yeah, <laughs> this is a no
0: nonsense
1: edition. <laughs> this is something to help. Help people with their relationship, pressing relationship questions. And we're excited. Deb, I'm
0: I'm afraid last time, because of John's um, you know, addition, we may have hurt more than we helped those people.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we have to make up for it this time.
0: Yeah, Deborah
1: told me that after the show. She said, I think we might have done more harm than good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've ruined a lot of relationships, is what we're saying. <laughs> this is the redemption. This is yeah, expert exactly. advice to Redemption. <laughs> the redemption. Um, I like it. So we tweeted out,
1: hey, if you have any pressing relationship questions, let us know. We'll get you on the show. Uh, our, our illustrious producer's boss, Nathan Grubbs, has uh, selected three of you. First up, joining us, Rebecca Atchley. Welcome to the show, Rebecca.
9: Hi.
1: Where are you uh, calling us from?
9: I am in Oklahoma City right now. Actually, I'm in Edmond. Um, I go to Oklahoma Christian University.
1: Oh, Edmund! Isn't that also Oklahoma State University? No,
9: Oklahoma State University is in. Um, it's north of me.
1: Oh, okay, okay. it's north of you. Okay, I'm oh, sorry. Do, I you ever, s- do you ever pull pranks
0: on them? Do you ever <laughs> drive up there and <laughs> kind of like you know. in
1: summer camp, or the guys camp across the lake from the girls camp, and they would prank each other, sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's all the good
0: Christian kids can do is go TP uh, Oklahoma State's campus. Yeah, we we don't. They, yeah, Christians Christian colleges. We yeah. they, we didn't need like fraternities and alcohol. No. We needed all we needed was a cart of eggs, some toilet paper, and some mischievous uh, slogans that we can draw in chalk on the sidewalk. That's that's a good Saturday night. And, and, Awesome Christian college That's awesome.
1: <laughs> All right. So, Rebecca, thanks for joining us. Uh, you, apparently, you have a pressing relationship question uh, for our expert, Deborah Faleda. Uh She is on the line right now. Go ahead. What is your question?
9: Well, um, my question is, as a college student who has never had a significant other or has never even been on a date is um, how do you begin a conversation with someone of the opposite sex? Because I'm just just not good at it.
1: Wow, that's good.
3: Yeah, totally. You know, it's interesting, Rebecca. A lot of people kind of struggle with this. You, You know, I think when we look at college students, you would think that by this point, we should have an idea of how to have a conversation with the opposite sex. But you're not alone, because I think in Christian culture, a lot of times we are sort of told to stay away from the opposite sex as teenagers and even as young adults. And then all of a sudden we're expected to have these engaging conversations with them and and dive into relationships, but that's not how it works. We get there and people usually don't know what to do. Um, A lot of times I tell people... To view relationships with the opposite sex just like you would a relationship with a friend that you're building now. Um, conversation starters, just, you know, asking them uh, questions about themselves, at, telling them information about you, asking about their hobbies. Um, there's so many ways that you can start a conversation with somebody. And I think it, it, a lot of times it's not actually the conversation. It's the going up to somebody and actually starting to have an interaction. And that's where a lot of people get, you know, caught up with not knowing what to do. But I think once you go, go to them, start the conversation, um, it'll just flow naturally. Tell me a little bit about your Christian college and where you have opportunities to interact with people. Um, well, I am um, in
9: a social service club, which is essentially a um, like a fraternity or a sorority um, just a little different um and so I have opportunities there um I'm in we go to chapel every day um there are always events happening on campus um my major is um there's one boy in my entire major because I'm an education major um and so there's opportunities but um maybe a few less to interact with the opposite sex probably
3: Yeah, that makes sense. And I think sometimes with Christian College, there's a higher ratio of female to male, which can make it a little Mm -hmm. awkward. But honestly, get involved in the things you love, first of all, and then Mm -hmm. look around and, and make opportunities for friendships by just approaching someone of the opposite sex and starting a conversation. Yeah.
0: And, and Rebecca, I, I have a, you know, sometimes breaking the ice is the most difficult thing.
2: I,
3: I was literally going, how come Jesse
1: hasn't given us terrible ideas yet? <laughs> was,
9: that's what I was waiting for. Sometimes it
0: just it's just you need that icebreaker. You need a reason to start the conversation right, in right. the first place. And then it just flows naturally yeah, from there. This is right. my experience. So Rebecca, let, let me let me ask you something. How do you feel, and what's the campus policy on owning exotic pets? I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking like a cockatiel, like can ride on your shoulder right, around yeah. campus. Uh, here's another suggestion: an iguana on a leash. Um, these type of things, people, it puts the impetus on other people to come to you to be like, "What's your iguana's name?" You want to say no about... because they do bite, but it's a great icebreaker. It's cool too to have like the oh, bird on the good. shoulder, like a pirate thing. Um, let me ask you this, Are you a juggler at all? Because I found that juggling has started many relationships.
9: You know, I, I wish I could juggle.
0: <laughs> well, where there's a will, there's a way, Rebecca. <laughs> okay, well, let me ask this. How do you get around campus? Like a boring way, like walking? Or have you considered a unicycle or a Humblecraft or a Segway? Again, or again what I'm doing my, here is I'm putting out the, these are things that... when I that came to
9: college was to ride a unicycle around campus, but unfortunately, I'm way too clumsy to be able to do that. Again, again, your I mean, there's again. a will, there's a way,
2: Rebecca. walk On my two feet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right.
3: And and you may or may not get a date out of that, but at least it'll start a conversation,
2: <laughs> and that's <laughs> right. the key. We're right. just trying to break where that's
0: going to lead. That yeah. the, You know what every hey Rebecca. You know what every marriage starts with a conversation whether that conversation is whether you should be riding the unicycle so recklessly down a steep hill that's another thing to worry about but start the conversation we'll take it from there oh well, I, I hope this helps rebecca we appreciate you calling in well thanks De- De- deborah i have a question do are you looking for any like a, any co-author opportunities because i got a lot of these ideas.
3: <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep you posted
1: okay i'll be looking oh, for that yeah, uh, her new book, Choosing Marriage, The Hardest and Greatest Thing You'll Ever Do. Deborah will write the greatest portion of it, and Jesse will write the hardest portion of it. <laughs> All right, question, or uh, our second uh, questioner on Twitter is at Harmonica Jeff. Welcome to the show. Who are we talking to?
10: My name is Taylor.
1: T- Taylor, why is your Twitter name uh, Harmonica Jeff?
10: Um, it's because I was 17 and I was working at this coffee shop that my church owned because I was homeschooled and that's what you did. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and this dude came in all the time and he, um, he always signed his receipts, Harmonica Jeff. No way. And I thought that that was really funny. And that was like several, <laughs> several years ago, but I can't seem to change it. But the, <laughs> it's uh, just too good.
1: the name that you put as your Twitter name is Yoko's Zb- born and your name is Taylor. That's a
10: Golden Girls reference. Okay. Yeah, my name bye is bye. Taylor. Uh,
1: where are you calling us from?
10: I'm calling you from Lafayette, Indiana. Lafayette? The thriving metropolis. Mm-hmm.
1: Of Lafayette, Indiana. Nice. Why are you in uh, Lafayette, Indiana?
10: Because I um, am too afraid to leave my mom. Currently, I'm working on it. But I just, I want her to be a half hour away. And okay. she is currently. So is she- Okay, and
1: the, this is my uh, our our, yeah. our our expert Deborah Flata might want to dig into that a little bit, but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is specifically about <laughs> relationship questions. You hit us up on Twitter with a question. What is your uh, relationship question for Deborah Fleda?
10: So my partner is a five for the enneagram, and I don't know how to best like. I don't know. Like, how do I make him feel like appreciated and stuff? Cause fives don't make sense to me.
1: Can you, so uh, for the, for the listeners who don't know the Enneagram well, can you describe the five as best you know it?
10: Like nihilistic and they want to like gather knowledge. And I, I think nihil- nihilistic is too big of a word, but like they want to gather knowledge and they're very like, they look at things and they investigate and I'm nothing like that. So
1: what do you like?
10: I'm a two. I'm a big fat two. I'm very like oh. out there. And I'm in marketing. So I'm very like,
1: you know. And the
5: two,
10: they the love place. to
1: help and serve
5: others
10: yeah.
1: as well.
5: Yeah. But they're very emotional too. You yeah. know, like they're like fives are more so cerebral. So fives so, are
1: cerebral and twos are very emotional. Yeah. They're yes. in like
5: two different centers of the Enneagram. Yeah. So like two threes and fours are all about their hearts and fives, six and sevens are all in their mind. So that can be a, a thing.
1: So, so, uh, so your question for Deborah is kind of how can you, Best love your husband, who's a five and you're a two. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's an awesome question, Taylor. And I think it's really good that you're thinking through this stuff because the biggest problem is a lot of people don't even know their personality types. They don't know their, their leaning and their bent and, and they don't know their spouse's personality type. So the fact that you sort of are trying to analyze this is just awesome Um, Let me start with this. Is your your husband aware of your differences as far as, like, you know, does he have insight into knowing, like, this is what my wife is like, this is what I'm like? Uh, In the sense that I very forcefully forced him to read the book about two months ago so, <laughs> okay.
2: to an extent, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah yeah and that's totally I mean sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do but I think it's awesome that you're starting to dig into this stuff here's the thing about it there's a, different kinds of relationships. One type of relationship are people who tend to have a lot of similarities and, you know, things in common. The other type of relationship are people who tend to be opposites. And it sounds like that's what you guys are. Opposites attract. We always hear that term. But I think what we yeah. don't always hear is that usually at some point within marriage, opposites can also attack because there's, those differences just start creeping into the pressure cooker of marriage. And all of a sudden, you realize how different you are, how different you can relate to one another, and it can be tricky. But I think differences aren't what make or break a relationship. What makes or breaks a relationship is your ability to communicate and connect with each other despite your differences. Uh, so, you know, it sounds like you're a feeler. He's a thinker. And there's a lot of times when you need a feeler and a thinker in a relationship. Um, But learning to sit down and talk about things is more important than even sorting through your differences. Just learning to sit down and have time to connect throughout the week. Do you feel like you and your husband get the opportunity to just be together as far as like quality interaction and conversation throughout the week? Uh, Yeah, for sure. I would say. And how does that usually go? I mean, do you feel like it's a, a positive thing, a negative thing? Like, do you end up arguing b- about your differences or do you feel like you can connect?
10: Oh, no, usually we, we don't have, I mean, we obviously have differences, but we don't argue very much. Like, I think we both hate confrontation
3: for one, which is a whole other thing. But yeah, for the most part, it's pretty, it's pretty fine. I think then when it, when it, if, if that's the case, that's, that's a great place to start. The, the only way you're going to know more about your husband and how to support him is by asking him. I love books. I love personality tests. I love the Myers-Briggs. I, you know, there's so many awesome assessments out there, but those aren't going to define you completely. And they're not going to define your husband completely. The only way to know right. how to really support him, how to connect with him is to ask him and sit down and have times I, I really challenge couples to have one time a week that they sit down and talk just quality conversation and this is the best time to ask him hey you know we're totally different I know you're an introvert I'm an extrovert or you're a thinker I'm a feeler and here's what I need to feel supported from you but I want to know what you need what, do, what can I do to make you feel best supported and appreciated and loved how can I connect with you in a better way I mean, I'll tell you what, no husband is going to say no to answering those questions because you're reaching out and and you want to connect to him on his level, on his terms, and enter his world. And that's a really great place to start. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Rebecca, let let me ask this too. Um, (laughs) How do you and your husband feel about exotic pets? (laughs) No. (laughs) This isn't...
3: Guys, From I thought you were redeeming yourselves in this
0: episode. No, no, no. Well, I mean, you haven't heard my point here. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe in you know self reflection. I don't believe in uh, well thought out analytical personality tests. What I believe is huh. is the law of the jungle, and
2: <laughs>
0: what that tells us is that if you really yeah. want if you really want to see a re- what a relationship is made of yeah. throw an exotic animal in the mix that's when your true <laughs> colors show I would suggest a terrarium with uh, a few iguanas they're, they easily escape they're very hostile creatures and it's going to push <laughs> the relationship to the in- to the limit
1: so Jesse what, you're, what your theory is is if you could instead of focusing on your own differences and kind of getting in your own head focus on the, a, a common, enemy. Threat. A common enemy a common enemy create a crisis and that a will bond bring, and bring you closer you together.
0: yeah, sure. yeah. I, I, I listen Listen, I know some websites where, you know, like a, like I'm not talking about a full grown Bengal tiger, but a tiger cub can do a lot of damage to a household and how you rally to take care of this situation, which is now not only dangerous, but also illegal. You have an exotic rare animal in your home. It's yeah. going to bring it's, it's going to show what your marriage is made of. It's it's unorthodox advice and possibly legal advice. But I stand by it. Do you have any less destructive and expensive
5: I, crises I have, that people can start? Oh my goodness! I would.
0: Say, the answer is no. Like, how much is a marriage worth? It's worth whatever it takes. That's right.
1: That's actually a true statement. All
0: right. Well, thanks for calling us, Taylor. I hope uh, Deborah helped
1: you and not Jesse. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Uh, okay, our third caller uh, today is Kevin. Welcome to the show, Kevin.
7: Hey, great to be here.
1: Uh, where are you calling us from?
7: I am calling you from uh, South Detroit.
1: South Detroit. Why? Yes.
7: Why? Uh, <laughs> my, uh, we have internet up here. Oh, I uh, say you have uh, the so internet now. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we just moved up here. Actually,
1: really. Oh, Why would cool. you move to Detroit in the middle of winter?
7: Um, it had to be the Lord, uh, and it was. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I'm a pastor up here now. We lived in Kentucky previously.
1: Oh, there you go. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we are we're doing our expert advice with Deborah Faleta, uh relationship questions, stuff like that. You hit us up on Twitter. What is your question for Deborah?
7: Um, Okay, Deborah. this is my conundrum. My wife and I started instead of seeing Valentine's Day as something super romantic, we decided to just be creative and prank each other a lot. And this started out innocently enough, googly eyes on all the items in the fridge, you know, maybe Mm. some air horns around the house. I think I swapped out her deodorant with some cream cheese. Uh, <laughs> oh, man.
1: Wow. So this is Strong. Valentine's Day. This isn't every day. This is a special <laughs> time of year. Mm, yeah.
7: Okay. it's. I mean, right. who, who needs romance when you can, you know, prank each other? Sure. Mm-hmm. So I must confess, it's a little one-sided right now. Oh, no. But my, 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 my thought for this Valentine's Day was to get a, a balloon and, and put it underneath a lot of like... Um, Icing for a cake and make it look like a cake. And, you know, when she cuts into it, bam, it goes everywhere and we all have a good laugh. But Deborah, she's pregnant. And I'm wondering if this is a good idea anymore. She's pregnant. Uh, I, I need your help. I need your advice. Save my marriage, maybe save the life of one of my children. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, this is
3: wow. This, that's the interesting tradition. So you said this is a little <laughs> one-sided. What do you mean by that? <laughs>
1: Ooh, um, She's not letting that one go.
7: <laughs> she, she tried to scare me once and fell instead. Like it's just, it's just kind of all from me at this point. Okay. So, I'm trying to encourage this out of her, uh, but so far this is just me.
3: <laughs> so uh, was this your idea, this whole prank thing on Valentine's Day? Is that how did that start?
7: Uh, the first year we were married, I just thought I would be funny and put like googly eyes on all the food in the refrigerator and she thought it was cute. And then I decided I'm not being cute anymore and I've just kind of <laughs> went at it to scare her and two different things like that. Um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure she ever noticed the cream cheese and the deodorant
3: thing. Oh, she no. never said anything. Oh, there no. was a while where it didn't oh, spell no. right? <laughs> so you you really meant one sided, <laughs> yeah. uh, when you, you said most one part. sided.
1: I, yeah, I e you're in trouble right now. I mean, just <laughs> FYI.
3: You know, the funny thing is, the things that are so cutesy and sweet the first year of marriage aren't so cutesy and sweet the third year (laughs) the fifth year the tenth year how long have you guys been married
7: uh four years
3: four years so we're getting to that point where it's not so cutesy anymore and um you know i'll tell you this kevin i can tell you have a really funny personality and sense of humor and that's awesome and i would just double check with your wife that this is the kind of thing she still appreciates four years into marriage.
2: <laughs> well, um, or
3: if she has a different view and perception of how she would like to celebrate Valentine's. Cause I'll tell you what, if your wife is one of those people who's like a, a sweet people pleaser kind of person, she might mm-hmm. not have the heart to say, you know, hon, I'm not a huge fan of this Valentine's pranks thing. I've just been doing it because I love you. And you know, I, I love your humor. Wow. So maybe this is a good time before Valentine's Day. You've got a good month, you know, so you can actually kind of rearrange your plans for Valentine's Day. Check in with her, see what she needs, what she wants, especially a pregnant wife. You know, you definitely want to check in with her on that.
7: Yeah. Yeah. You would think I would, this is our our third child. You think I would know, I guess, better by now, but That's that's really good advice because that's that's precisely what she would be doing just to you know help
0: me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with Deborah. She's a professional, and your wife is pregnant, and I'm not a doctor. That should be at least not at least not formally recognized oh doctor. My Taking some certifications online. But let me say this. You know, I read the Love Languages book and I felt like there were a couple missing in there, and one of them was pranking. And I feel like she married you for you. And if that's a part of your personality, again, maybe wait till you have the kid. But my other thing is this I don't know if you got a YouTube channel, but I, you know, you're describing some of these pranks. I would love to see them. I would say monetize this love. Put these pranks <laughs> online. Let us all get a laugh out of them. And oh uh, you get some ad revenue, too. It's a, it's a business thing. I mean, I'm kind of going a little Ramsey here. But, uh, Ramsey. you know, just uh, think about this from all angles. That's all I'm saying.
7: I, I, I really value that advice. Um, thank you, Deborah. Thank you so much. But... But I really, really cherish what just
1: <laughs> All right. Well, best of luck, this uh, this Valentine's and please please be kind. And I I please listen to Deborah. Rewind <laughs> this, listen to it again. It's cute for three years, and let's transition to a new season, maybe. All right. Thanks for calling us.
7: Thank you all. Have a good one. All
1: right. Uh, Deborah, as always, we appreciate you uh speaking some sense into uh and the patient, storm.
0: And your patience with us. Yeah,
3: oh, no it, worries. Yeah. It's
4: fun. You know, guys, something something just occurred to me yeah. that uh, you know, it's it's really too bad we couldn't warn Kevin in time. Hopefully, here's yeah. this just occurred to me. What if the pregnancy is a prank? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. The long (laughs)
2: time. Jokes
3: on him. (laughs) What if she's gonna play this out nine
1: months? She's playing it like I can't really prank very well. He's thinking, oh, she's not good at this. But she has been working this. For I mean, there's doctor visits involved. There's bills
4: involved. Yeah, exactly.
1: I appreciate it. That's the, the ultimate. The ultimate. Yeah. And that's when it stops. You can't top a fake Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you,
4: you, you can't top a fake pregnancy.
1: That's just a good one. Um, Deborah Falada is a, a speaker, a professional uh, counselor, blogger. Uh, you can read a lot of her writing on our website, rollingmagazine.com. She also has her own blog as well. She's uh, the author of the books True Love Dates and the Upcoming Choosing Marriage The Hardest and Greatest Thing You'll Ever Do. Um, I, I think it'll be the greatest thing if you listen to her advice, and if you listen to Jesse, it'll be the hardest thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us again, uh, Deborah. We always love having you on.
3: Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good one.
1: All right. Stay tuned. Up next, your feedback.
3: Look at you, Kiss. You
2: know you're the coolest. The world is yours.
6: This podcast is brought to you by Together for the Gospel. Together for the Gospel, or T4G, is a biennial conference for pastors and church leaders held in Louisville, Kentucky, April 11th through the 13th. This year's core theme is about being holy, set apart, distinct from the world. Visit distinctfromtheworld.org for more information and to reserve your spot today. Together for the Gospel 2018 Conference. distinctfromtheworld.org
2: You're
1: listening to DJ DS and Empress of The song is love Just rolls off the tongue (laughs) Okay, it's time for your feedback so last week, we introduced our new cast member who is absent this week, Annie F. Downs, uh, author, speaker, podcaster, Annie F. Downs. Not to be confused with Australian quilter, Annie Downs, without yeah, the F. Big rival. Big <laughs> big situation there online. Well, we asked you for last week's question of the week, what should a segment idea be for Annie to bring to the show? Like a recurring segment. Like what's going to be her shtick, her lane, her thing? That she adds to the Relevant Podcast. You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You also posted your ideas on the uh, podcast episode page at Relevant Magazine, the all new relevant uh, here are a few of our favorites.
0: So uh, <laughs> uh Michela, which is a great name. I Michella. think it's Michaela. Michaela? I'm looking at it. Uh for Osborne. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's you... pronounced Michaela. Take away
1: the the A, and how would you say it? Oh, Michelle, but she has an A. It's M I C
0: H A E L L A. M I C H A E L A. That's Michaela. It seems Mm. like a K should be in there. Either way, I'm not going to argue. Michaela (laughs) Osborne. Yeah. Michaela Michella. I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard the word Michella. I've heard of the name, no reason. I've no reason the name Michella. I've never heard the name name. It could just be an interesting spelling. I don't know. It's a debate for another day. Uh, <laughs> maybe this is the segment. Annie deciphers interesting names on Twitter. Um, <laughs> she said she'd love to see Annie uh, F. Downs, not the quilter, by the way. Yeah. By the way, I think, Cameron, Annie isn't on today, so we right. can talk about this, you and I, off-off. Yeah. Off record here because she, she i don't know if she'll listen to this or not i'm assuming she will but maybe not before the next recording what do you think about me reaching out to the quilter annie downs and getting her on the pod and having having these two <laughs> finally hash it out like a I reconciliation
1: I, it'd be like that spider-man meme where they the two spider-mans mm-hmm. are like pointing at each other yeah it, it, it'd be that it'd be annie downs and annie downs That's
0: right yeah, there's a lot of like underlying tension. That's <laughs> what, right I'm, that's the what I'm sensing from both Annie Downs. That's the only way to say and, it. And I think the only way to make it right is to have them both on and talk quilting. And the question what it's is like being named do, Annie Downs.
1: do Australian quilters have a sense of humor? That's the core <laughs> question here. Because yeah. if she didn't, if she has the demeanor of what I would expect an Australian quilter to have, it would be a very awkward segment.
4: Yeah. I mean, you know what an Australian quilter probably has experience with, though? What? Is exotic animals.
0: That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I mean, Yo, that either is. way, I'm listening. Either way, I'm listening. <laughs> whether it's awkward or whether it's a moment of healing. So, if, if, if exotic
1: animals evolve, it has to be an in person segment. So, we have Annie F. Downs. We is sitting across Mandy Downs, and we put a cockatoo in the middle. Yeah, it's or, like uh, when yeah. Steve Irwin yeah. Junior.
0: comes on the Tonight Show. It's delightful. It is yeah. delightful. You know, yeah. Jimmy's oh, out yeah. there playing with a koala bear. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: okay, so you're saying Annie Downs the Quilter is basically like all Australians related to Steve Irwin and into exotic wildlife. So Annie Downs the Quilter brings the wildlife
0: to the meeting with Annie F Downs. Yeah, I like I, it. I'm assuming oh, her wardrobe is nothing but khaki. <laughs> like khaki shorts and a khaki outdoorsy button shirt. I mean that's the yeah, uniform clearly. of kind Australia of Indiana from what Jones-ish. I understand.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I'll okay, say. so Michaela Michella,
0: she said what? She said that she'd love to see Annie down Annie F down, do a segment similar to Crank It to Eleven with Joy, where she tells us how to make events or every act day everyday activities just a little bit more fun. I can help you out there. I mean, I'd love to see Annie do it, but let me say this. Add a sterling silver 400 swirly straw, and everyday activity just got a little bit more fun and luxurious. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
7: uh,
1: Last week, uh, I guess the two weeks she's been on the show, she has just very naturally flowed in Enneagram conversation, just kind of comes up naturally. Uh, Young Hope uh, uh, wrote us and said, Why doesn't Annie, uh, why didn't she have a podcast spinoff called Enneagram? Oh, Ooh. Ooh. oh! I like that. Annie, part of the, coming soon to the relevant podcast network, Annieogram. Yeah, what yeah. well, did well there.
0: Catherine contributed to that, saying Annie needs to write an enneagram each week—a uh, uh, letter written to someone famous or familiar, explaining their behavior according to the enneagram number. Uh, I mean, again, that—that that sounds like a great uh, description of the enneagram.
1: I noticed on Twitter, uh, Roscoe Jones uh, wrote in a uh, new Annie Downs segment on relevant podcast, Quilting Corner.
0: <laughs> Wait, okay. that's the wrong Annie Downs crikey. He wrote crikey. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> well, this is, you're, we're really on to something because someone says uh, uh, that the, the segment should be Annie F. Downs talking about her favorite quilting patterns with guest Annie Downs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see I'm... i will say i did get some feedback that apparently the um version of friends in low places i played at the end of the podcast last week was not in fact toby keith it was someone else covering toby keith oh well, yeah, it's a garth brooks flag for that yeah one. it
4: was garth brooks i thought Oh
1: no so yeah it, it was garth toby brooks, keith me. doing no, no, it was someone garth Bro- else not garth brooks right oh, okay. they're
7: all on the same peg in my brain they're all, it's all, he's, a, he, he's not on iTunes, which is very strange. So, I wait,
1: had to, oh, Garth, yeah, yeah, so yeah, he to. was one of those like Radiohead esque holdouts, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, really? I had trouble you, finding did it. Did you
4: know he has his own? <laughs> I can't believe I know this. Did you know he has his own like serious satellite channel? It's Garth? all Garth Brooks. <laughs> wow. no, all no, 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 no,
1: he only plays his own music, I think so, yeah, or people covering it, apparently. You just, you get that's all, it. you know, that's like Garth last week Garth on the Sox. show, and we love him. Matt Carney came on the show, not Matt mm-hmm. the Carney, right? Not to be confused. Matt Carney came on the show to tell us the five songs that changed his life. <laughs> you should go listen to the segment. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's where our, our our favorite artists come and tell you know, play us the songs that influenced him growing up. My artists. dad always played this. Yeah. this A lot of important. One of Matt Matt Carney's favorite songs. A Matt Carney song, yeah, his number five, Who, number five, coming yeah, in hot. Out the, Matt the Carney list. song.
4: I, I respected it. I
2: know. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I will say this. I I respected I mean, it.
1: First time it's ever happened. Yeah, yeah. I get. I get that it changes life in the fact that it was like the first one to really hit, you know, and like make a career for him. So I guess that you know makes sense. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, there's a lot more feedback where that came from. Uh, we'll we'll make Annie Downs the Quilter decide what Annie F. Downs's new segment should be. Uh, so we'll, we'll maybe debut that information next week. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right, well, earlier on the show, um, we were troubled. We were troubled in the uh, in the uh, relationship advice segment with De- uh, Miss Expert, wonderful Deborah Faleta, um, when our, our friend from South Detroit called in and said, every year on Valentine's, the way that he and his wife celebrate is by pranking each other. And it actually turned out, he's just mean and only brings her. I mean, that's really kind of what, that's kind of what got exposed. If we're going to be honest. It's like your poor, sweet pregnant wife, you just terrorize her make her live in fear. This
4: is not good. She's been putting cream cheese under her arms for months.
1: She didn't even say uh-huh. anything about the fact <laughs> you replaced her deodorant with cream cheese, buddy.
4: Let's be honest. She knew that that was cream
1: yeah, cheese. Yeah, just, she entourage. just didn't want to acknowledge it because that would encourage you. So she's yeah, exactly. trying to tell you not to ignore it and hope it goes stop. away. Stop. Ignore yeah, it, it and She was
4: like, oh, maybe he wants to help with something. Maybe this is good. Maybe this is a good thing for me. <sighs> she just assumes the best poor, in him. Poor sweet
1: <sighs> wife. Um. So we, of course, now want to know your best pranks. We want to know (laughs) the best for this week's question of the week. We want you to tell us the best pranks you've ever been part of, pulled, or maybe have been pulled on you, uh, but the best pranks you've ever done.
4: You know what I find, though? I find the best the best pranks yeah. are are the long cons that we talk about. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: If she's fake <laughs> pregnant, right? best prank ever. This, guy this got like It jump. goes down in the books. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. So so when I, when I was in college, yeah. I, had, I had one of my friends just drop to me. He, he's a very open, vulnerable person. I respect that about him. It's stupid of him to be that yeah. around me, but yeah. I respect it. And he said, uh, you know, one time he happened to mention that he was on probation because the summer prior, we're in the we're in the fall semester. The summer prior, he had been busted uh drinking underage as a summer camp counselor. So he was on probation. He couldn't get another strike on his record or he would face disciplinary action. Right. From you know, federal courts and systems. Federal and courts. Like, wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> So when he happens to mention the exact date he's going to get off probation, <laughs> which is January 16th. And, uh, and so me and another buddy come together and we say, all right, here's what we're going to do. So week before, it's like January. We've just come back from Christmas break. It's about January you know 9th, to 10th, that range. We go down to Chicago, went to school in Chicago, have a little night on the town. It's great. And then a week later, we plant. An envelope in his mail, which, by the way, did not know that is illegal. Yeah. it oh, is illegal yeah. Yeah, to. You, can, you can't mess
0: with mailboxes. Trust mail. me on this one. It <laughs> is frowned upon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: Do not mess with the postal it is service. Frowned upon
4: by the yeah. feds. Yeah. So, so uh, he goes. He opens his mailbox and he pulls out two envelopes. All right, two envelopes, and and one is on top of the other. He pulls down, it's addressed to him very formally. You know, Mr. Benjamin, huh, 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 you know, the Allison Hall, da da da, all the information. It's got a stamp on it. Again, illegal, don't do it. Um, opens it up, and right at the top is official Chicago Police Department letterhead. And it's, it's typed out oh, all the snap. way down wow. to the bottom. There's a, there's a very formal signature, and the letter says, Mr. Benjamin Sanders, it has come to our attention uh, by patrol officer, you know, 83B that you were uh, witness to jaywalking downtown <laughs> Chicago. Um, and, uh, you know, we have to put this on file and, you know, we're not sure what's going to happen da, da, da. but very official, formally typed, not even like Times New Roman, like the like typewriter, police, <laughs> yeah. the wire kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then he opens the second one and it's again, Chicago letterhead police letterhead it's got the logo in the corner and then all the way down and it says Mr. Benjamin Sanders it comes to our attention that the last uh ticket we serviced you is a violation of your disciplinary probation um and this means you will have to appear in court please report to so and so with the actual name of the judge da, da, da. oh all, no all going down and then Collapses. He backs up against the wall, slides down to the floor, and puts his head in his hands and says, I am on an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> I am on an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> and we're like, dude, oh my God, are you going to jail? And at the bottom of the thing, it says, you know, please note that, you know, if we do find you in violation of your probation, this might result in jail time. And so he thinks his life is about to end. And then we say, Hey, well wait a minute, there's a footnote. And in the footnote it says this incident comes by order of Tyler Daswick and, <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. and it was the maddest I have ever seen a person <gasps> yeah, in life. No
7: joke.
0: But man. That is the best prank I've yeah, ever done. I would say that yeah. hey, I got I got one up. I I had a buddy, real clean cut guy, never been in trouble a day in his life. And he's going <laughs> he's going on a mission trip uh overseas, you know, international flights. Me and my buddies planted a half a kilo of actual cocaine on him.
2: <laughs>
0: he's in prison right now. He's in prison for like 20, 25 years. I mean, we got him good. We got him. Never been in trouble with Data's life. He's, he's so I mean, he's, he's not getting out for a while. So, I mean, roasted. Got that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking Long
1: Con is like that one from the office where uh uh, uh Jim's puts a nickel in yeah, Dwight's phone every right. day forever and ever, and then one day takes him all yeah. out and he smacks himself right, with the phone. Right. That's yeah.
0: that's a prank. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good. That's, play, that's, good, too. that's good too. That's good too. But I mean this guy, yeah. I told a Long Con, I mean, they threw the book at him. They
2: really <laughs> <laughs> no time. When gets, zero. When he gets strikes
0: out in seven to ten, yeah, you'll you'll I mean, be there and say, Gotcha. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah
8: exactly. When he gets out you gotcha. should have seen your face when they took you to get in
4: jail. So, so you know what? Kevin Kevin can give us another call when, when he's ready to join the big leagues and his, yeah. send, his, send his friends to prison, fake actual, or real. prison. This is the majors here. Yeah. You? Sorry, Kevin.
1: All right. Well, hit us up on Twitter or uh, on the episode page. Probably you're going to need the paragraph for the room. Spread your elbows and really type yeah. it out. Tell us the whole detail uh, of the best prank you've ever pulled or been part of. Well, many thanks to this episode's sponsors for making the show possible. Remember, uh, go check out Bright Peak and our new partnership. You can find it at relevantmagazine.com slash money. There's amazing content, great resources to help you assess your uh, financial and relational health. There's even some stuff uh, from John Acuff there you should check out. Also, thanks to Blue Apron. You can check out this week's menu and get your $30 off with free shipping at blueapron.com relevant. Also, thanks to uh, our episode's guest for joining us, Tadashi. Check out his new single, Now It's uh, Out Today. And be on the lookout for his upcoming new album. And also thanks to our relational expert, Deborah Faleta, um, for joining us yet again. You can find a ton of her stuff on our website. You can also find it on her blog. Check out her books. She has a new book, Choosing Marriage. It's available now for pre-order. Um, hey, if you, while you're online and you're uh, pre-ordering Deb's new book head over to the allnewrelevantmagazine.com. We launched a new site uh, last week at the beginning of the year. And um, we're still, every day, we're adding more to it and adding more to it. Go check it out. It's beautiful. Um, It's a huge step up from where we were just last year. Um, And also, like we told you about, the new love and money section is out there now. Uh, There's a lot coming this year with audio and video and new stuff from Relevant. It's all happening at the allnewrelevantmagazine.com. So uh, bookmark it. Check back every day.
4: It looks crisp, mm-hmm. crisp. That's yes. a good crisp. word, mm-hmm. crisp. Yeah. I like it. You, know, you got all these other sites, and you know, little well, furry, we're, little we're, furry, we're we're little soft. Of, we're bloggy. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, come no, come on, man.
1: No, we're crisp. We're crisp. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, the team crushed it during the holidays to get that site yeah. up. I mean, if you guys knew the behind the scenes of how that site got came together so fast, uh, it's remarkable. Huge shout out to John David and Daniel for all their hard work. Hey, uh, thanks for listening. Go if you like the show. Head over to iTunes and leave a review. It, uh, it helps more people find it. Um, we've been getting reviews there since 2005. You know, you can push the old ones down and put the new stuff. Hopefully, we can maintain our star rating. People have yeah, historically yeah. liked the show. If you don't like the show, keep it to yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or place that. that review for our podcast on the page of another podcast. <laughs> you yeah, so, I mean,
1: yeah that's, literally, that's vent cool. about the relevant podcast, one star on some other podcast Exactly, page. because, I mean,
0: our, our listeners already know what they're getting. You just put it on another podcast. Let them know. That's vent there. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? And then, you've got an answer for next week's editorial question of the week. Best prank you ever pulled. You right. pranked yeah. other podcasts. We're not going to listen to the negativity. You know, hey, hey Joel Osteen podcast. Let me tell you about how bad the relevant podcast is by giving you this one star. Really, <laughs> just <letting me> out. <laughs> all right. I'm not know. We'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. Tyler Aswick. I'm Andre Henry. I'm Jesse Carey. And we'll see you next week. Hey, guys, let me tell you about getting an IV jammed in your arm.